Welcome back to SoulNet, friends. I'm here with my soul sisters, Eilina and Megan, and we thought we would open up this episode and talk about gratitude and what it means to be um, grateful and thankful in our lives and how this simple practice can really change not only our nervous system and take us into rest and digest, but help to see the lights at the end of the tunnel. So today we'll be sharing some of these practices that we have in our lives and offer up love and gratitude to the hard places and the good parts of our lives. I love, Dana, how you said, and into the hard places. It just uh, helps to normalize that there's ups and downs. And mm-hmm. we talk a lot about this midlife stage of life uh, where, where many many of us are experiencing transitions or transformations. And that includes the hard places. And some of the biggest lessons have been in those places. Yeah. Well, and I think holidays are notoriously, yeah. um, you know, challenging for a lot of us. And I have a, um, a story yeah. kind of on my heart today too, that um, I can start us off if you'd like. Yeah. Gratitude, especially during challenging times, has really helped me through. And so um, if we got to rewind, you know, back to, oh, gosh, like 20, 23 years, Thanksgiving weekend, I was preparing to go to Whistler with my family. I was with my husband at the time. My son was uh, almost three. And things had not been going great. And I remember packing up the car to go out and we had, well, we'll call it an ending in our relationship. He dug his heels in and he said, I don't want to go and, you know, normalize this, this family weekend when things are not going well. And Mm. we decided to separate at that moment. So he was done. And this was just before, like literally like two hours before we're about to get in the car and go to Whistler. So for Thanksgiving dinner. For for Thanksgiving weekend, you know, a whole like all the the kids, the the nieces, the nephews, all the the things, right? So, um, so wow, this was, this was um, hard, a time when we're supposed to be thankful. And I remember driving to Whistler and going, oh my God, my, my whole life is like falling apart. And of course, with, you know, young children, you're trying to normalize this, this thing of like, we were used to going as a family somewhere and all of a sudden it's just, you know, me and my son. Yeah. And then, of course, then going to Whistler and having to have these kind of conversations. And I, I bring this up because there is like levity on the other side. This was a, a really, you know, inopportune time for this stuff to go on. And I think so many of us have been there in our lives where we've either gone through, you know, the loss of a loved one or a major life experience like a divorce or something that is not so happy and positive in these times, whether it's, you know, around Christmas or um, any other kind of major holiday. And we're, we're expected to show up to our family when we're, we're, we haven't even begun to process kind of what's going on. So it, was big, right? Huge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that share because you're right. Like around holidays is when everybody's stress kind of amps up. Yeah. And maybe a big part of that is gathering with, with family when things aren't good and you're supposed to be like celebrating what we're grateful for and you know, the gifts and all the things. And I think there's just so much pressure sometimes in those moments. So I just want to honor 
your courage to show up, mm-hmm. to show up with your son and show up at your, your family home and all the people that have to show up yeah. through the really hard things, right? In those moments too, did you feel support? Were you in a supportive environment? I'll say it was interesting. I was, um, I felt it was another moment of my life where I felt like that failure piece. Mm. You know, I had, I grew up with mm-hmm. parents that were together. My sister is happily married. It still is. Um, I was the first one of the t- divorce. So there was also coming into that environment was, was that piece of shame that I couldn't make this work, right? It was one more piece of a failure in my life. And then I had to go to my family and say, Hey, look at me. I, I fucked up again, <laughs> you know? Mm. So it was, it was not easy. And in fact, I, I share it because it took me a lot of years. Like I remember Thanksgiving was always hard. Yeah. Like it was just like, there was those years where it was like, I remember, you know, going to the family dinners and going to these events and just going, the idea of being around happily married couples, whether it's my parents or my sister Mm -hmm. and, and trying to, you know, not have my emotions so big that they take away from this, what is a celebratory holiday was really, really hard. And it took me a long time to actually get to a place where I could go there and I could celebrate the love and the joy as well as the passing of my old story. Yeah. Mm. You know, my old, my, my new story didn't involve um, a husband and the, the little happy family. It was me and my son. And mm-hmm. how are we going to fit in the environment of, you know, a more traditional family unit? Dana, I so appreciate your truthfulness in sharing the reality of how many families have their breaking points with the pressures and stressors and you know, we've talked about this in previous pods with uh, first marriages or first long-term relationships being our kind of trial relationships that we yes. bring a lot of our, yeah, <laughs> kind of unresolved past hurts and, and kind of patterns into. And then they they live their life cycle through the relationship and then the relationship breaks down. And then as you've shared, Dana, we have that kind of metamorphosis and that transformation into becoming ourselves again, kind of like reclaiming ourselves. And just what I love about your share is that this has been your journey is like reclaiming yourself again after that kind of trial marriage, which I also had, (laughs) which many of us by midlife have had. And if it's not a marriage, it's a long-term relationship. We've had our trial long-term relationships where we've kind of had these old identities and come into our new identity through the trial relationship. Yes. And then when you shared like how you show up in your family events with uh, seeing these quote unquote happy couples, yet other parts of you know the challenges your parents have been through, (laughs) know the challenges your sister's been through. And there's no such thing as a happy couple. Like all long-term relationships have taken sweat equity. Yeah. And so there, there could be fulfillment but happy is temporary, right? So I just, I just so appreciate the the honesty and truthfulness of like your coming into yourself, and that part of that journey included the trial, long term relationship. I yeah. always like feel that should be a thing that we, we you know, <laughs> de- define. <laughs> totally. Ooh, you had a trial marriage too. Oh, yeah. so did I. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, it's not a divorce. It's actually the ending of the trial relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. 
You know, like it's not the stigma of divorce, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, no, no. That was just my trial relationship. <laughs> so happy to be moving on from that. I'm ready for next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I know that's a heavy um, kind of lead in for today's topic when we're talking about gratitude, but I really like to normalize. It's reality. Well, and I like to normalize it because it is like, yes. you know, this is, yeah. um, this is what happens in, in life. And I want to give, you know, our listeners out there too, that might be experiencing something like this, that there is light yep. down the tunnel and you might have a couple of hard holidays. You might have, you know, some, some tough times and have to do some of the work, but there is levity. If you keep going through it, oh, yeah. there is light there and we can re- um, formulate as we can reparent our uh, ourselves, we can reformulate how we perceive those experience and those those family times or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to know, Dana. Like you talked about, like you arriving, you know, at Thanksgiving weekend with it with your new story, yeah, yeah. right? You're, like not living in the past, and I feel like it reminds me of grief, like a grief journey. Absolutely. You know, Mm. right. Like miss something's missing or something, you know, is different. How did you get there? What were some of the things that helped you to arrive Mm -hmm. as you without that carrying forward what once was? As I started to bring in the practices and the things that returned me to who I was, mm. and those could be as simple as, you know, I you did a lot of writing through those periods of my divorce too, mm. um, a lot of releasing through that, yeah, a lot of writing. And that was probably the most impactful. Of course, movement were always part of that. I did therapy, um, you know, some talk therapy, which of course, you know, helpful. Yeah. But it's a process, right? And no matter what the, I think grief described it very well, like you said, Megan, that whether it's a death of, of anything in our lives, right? That's, that's grief. And we need to give ourselves, you know, time and patience to move through that in whatever practices and tools that work for us. Yes. Well, and I think it's, it's a long process. And I, I think, um, you know, of all of the, the writing practices, the daily gratitude is something that I, I lean into. It's, it's a kind of a constant and I've learned over the years, just how the simple act of this recital of the the good things in our lives can really take us Mm -hmm. out of those dark Mm -hmm. places. You know, during tough times, I often ride my bike to work in the summer months. And I was having a day one time and I was just like in this funk and I was like, okay, like, let's go back. Like you got so much goodness in your life. You just need to remember what it is. And so I was riding my bike and there's this one hill spot that I have to go up and then I get to kind of coast down. (laughs) And I was like sitting there and I was like saying out loud every little thing. And I was like, and that little rock that I missed when I was riding my bike and I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for that. And it was just this like laundry list of gratitude. Um, and it was, and I was going back to work. So I was really trying to, you know, reset my mindset so that I could show up well for my clients. And I got to tell you this like five minute of, you know, long list of, of whatever I could kind of um, pull in mm. had me showing up wow. for my client. Like, okay, like life is good. Yeah. What we give our awareness to grows. Yeah. Totally. And so you were giving your awareness to that and the the energy shift in your system, not to negate the other things that were happening, the challenges are still there, but your awareness turned towards and then that grew. Like it's just such a beautiful example of what we give our attention to 
grows. That's right. That's right. I wrote about that recently, actually. I think, Dana, you may have read it, but a gratitude piece that I wrote about, it was about um, the beauty that we notice. Yeah. Mm. Like when we just pause to notice. Yeah. And pay up and just turn our attention to something in the present moment, we can find something beautiful. So true. It's almost like you you turn your attention to something, you can find the beauty in the smallest little things, yeah. and then f- remember that those small things are of value mm. to you and to the world, whether it's you know the ray of sunshine coming in the window the way the leaves are falling from the trees, the the colors of the leaves. Like just, if you just stop and notice and turn your attention to something beautiful in your presence, it's almost like your whole energy can shift towards gratitude Mm. for that moment, for the presence. Well, and what I love um, on that, Megan, like such a beautiful share on that, that presence piece, right? It just returns us to the now. And there is some really great research that really supports this on a neurological level of how the practice mm-hmm. of gratitude actually brings that that parasympathetic nervous system into play. And how beautiful is that? Just that, that shift of flipping of the script, focusing on the positive and in the presence. And so, you know, for anyone who does, our listeners that don't, haven't tried a gratitude practice, like it doesn't have to be complicated. No, it doesn't. And it can really work on your physiology. Yeah. So you pointed out too, like the, the, the speaking, the speaking out loud, like really, you know, speaking to it, which is so powerful. So you can do that. You can write it down. You can simply take it in, in your, in your heart. Like just, you know, that, that noticing in the moment there. Yeah. Like it just doesn't have to be complicated, but the energy that, that you, give to it the energy of thanks the energy of you know thank you for this moment can just shift your whole energy right yeah, the intentions behind it that you're giving out to the world yeah i had a uh, vipassana teacher share a really simple yet profound practice that it was just so user friendly i found for like yoga students too cuz in yoga there's so much pranayama and breath practice but this one was so simple that i found it kind of like universally friendly for most is a he called it a three breath trip meaning like take a trip in your own body for three breaths and it's just mm. a, a beautifully simple practice of staying present with just three breaths and noticing what happens in just three breaths, but treating it or viewing it as a trip, like you're going on a voyage. Interesting. <laughs> so it kind of slows time down. And with presence, often practices to help develop presence are, are around the breath and dropping yes. in and connecting with the breath. And so I was like, wow, that's, you know, there's so many different pranayama out there that I, that I use with students, but kind of as a, as a great beginner tip of just that notice the first breath is kind of like where the body is at, you know, Mm -hmm. just, there's no like forcing, trying to changing. It's just simply noticing. And then the second breath might be a realization of, oh, that's how short it is or how constrained it is, or it's only in my chest or it hasn't gone. So the second breath is kind of like a deeper insight and then a meeting of where the body's at. And then the third breath yeah. is a kind of like, 
oh, well, what would we like to do then? (laughs) Maybe like drop the shoulders, maybe relax the neck, maybe like, (laughs) oh, right, here I am. Like it's a, it's, it's like a micro practice of attunement Mm -hmm. and like, uh, connecting to your surroundings because then you remember where you are, where the body is in space and time. And that's just within like three breaths, like a a, a journey around the body. Yeah. I was like, wow. Simple. Oh, that's such a gift for today. Mm. Thank you. That's such a gift for us and for the listeners, a journey through the body with your breath. It slows down time and connects us to just what's so in the moment Mm because there's so much magic in the present moment when we're actually connected, like actually attuned and sensing, sensing, like orienting, sensing the environment around us with our perception skills. And that kind of opens us, it's like opens up your spidey senses and just opens us up and and connects us with reality again versus being up in the head, which most of us are. And it's just that survival stress response of being in our heads. And that can connect us to possibility, which is Mm -hmm. like tied to to a gratitude practice. Yeah. yeah. And also that reminds me, Eileen, of like when we do that journey with our breath, I love how you, you know, you offer it in that those three different mm-hmm. places that you take, you go with your breath. And I find on that third breath, you might have actually taken yourself to a point in your body mm. that needs some love. Yes. So good, Meg. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. chakra. Totally. That somewhere you might, that's maybe where your breath will take you because your body's asking for that breath. Yes. That part of you is needing that extra love and nourishment. So true. Yeah. And it does often take us into a feeling of being grateful for our bodies yeah. and what our bodies yeah. do for us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes we're just, again, in our heads, we're not, you know, we're not addressing where the tension may be and that the tension is a sign of needing some nourishment, some attention, some love. Exactly. Some rest. Yeah. It's calling. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that you pulled that back to Eilina and Megan, you just reinforced that too, that. Because for me, a gratitude practice is absolutely about awareness, awareness of where my thoughts are. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, and we have the ability yeah. by becoming that witness and that sending that awareness to that emotion to change that, to choose differently. And that's why we all talk every week or every time we come together here um, about awareness. That's really the underlying theme of a lot of these these things that we talk about is becoming more and more aware of our experiences and how we're responding to them in the moment. Mm. Yes. So true. Yes. Talking about awareness and consciousness and, you know, presence Mm -hmm. um, and just the journey, honoring that journey right? Like we started uh, talking about, you know, just how we have to get through the hard parts. Yeah. Right. And that's part of your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's part of your journey. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. This leads to our next question that I have for you guys. And what are you feeling grateful for today? I'll share that I'm grateful for all of you and this sacred space that we come together in regularly. And I'm also grateful for the authenticity and wisdom of midlife, Mm. the realness and wisdom of real life. 
I feel like, you know, at this stage we've, we've got it going on because we've pretty much experienced it all. <laughs> yeah. Not all, all, but a lot. <laughs> mm. I feel like that is the greatest gift for me is the sharing, mm. the connection piece. So I would like to honor that. Mm. And also, I'd also like to share a prompt for any listeners who just want to, you know, at the wrap up of this episode, if they want to journal, mm. I would just offer the prompt, what are you noticing? What are you noticing? Whether it be in nature, what are you noticing in your heart? What are you noticing as you go about your day? And maybe you can write about just things that you're noticing. There's no, there's no rules. There's no right or wrong. But you can just use that as a prompt at the top of your page and see what comes. What are you noticing? Lovely, Meg. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today, listeners, as we explored gratitude as a practice during good times and bad. We'd like to wrap this episode with a quote from Larissa Gomez. Being thankful is not always experienced as a natural state of existence. We must work at it akin to a type of strength training for the heart. Your gentle reminder to put in your reps. Be good to you and be good to others. Till next time, friends. Thanks to you, we are building a beautiful community. We hope you find our conversations interesting and helpful. If you do, you can help us by liking the podcast, sharing it with friends, and following it for updates. Click on like, share, and follow on your podcast platform, and we'll continue to meet you here with our stories and our guests.